Welcome, I'm Daryl Corpening. Uh, I'm going to uh, teach the online lesson today. This is a lesson for March, Sunday, March 20th. Uh, and uh, if you're using this book, uh, it is the uh, second lesson. And uh, you heard the introductory lesson last time. And of course, the entire book of Job, which is where we're studying today, is dealing with the issue of unmerited suffering. And uh, Bill Kennedy, who wrote a, a, a nice uh, introduction to Job, says there's really no easy answer to the idea that we have unmerited suffering here on earth. Um, you know, when you uh, talk about Job, Job is probably one of the people in the Bible that even people who are not Christians or are just part-time occasional Christians uh, would remember. Jesus, Moses, Job, those are people that almost everybody knows who you're talking about, even if they're not Christians. You've heard people use the term patience of Job. And if you were in a group of people and somebody said, well, that person has the patience of Job, then I think everybody would know what you were talking about. Matter of fact, in the book of James, James talks about the patience of Job. So, if last week's lesson was, uh, if, if you look at this entire book of Job as sort of a uh, uh, sports contest, the very the lesson last week was the prologue. It set the stage for what was going to happen. Today's lesson is the action. It's what's going on. And, and so in a few verses, we're going to find out the entire thing. And then the whole rest of the book of Job is a post-game discussion of uh, uh, what all this means and what people are thinking and doing and so forth. Uh, so uh, you can look forward to that. So the lesson today is from the book of Job, chapter one, verses 13 through 22. And as I read, I'm gonna be reading from the New International Version. And uh, let's read the first verse, verse 13 by itself. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine, at the oldest brother's house. So it sets the stage. Um, it was the elder brother's birthday. Uh, Job had 10 children and evidently all the children were there, seven sons and three daughters. Evidently Job was not there as we'll see just in a second, but the entire family was gathered together to celebrate the son's birthday, the eldest son's birthday. And in verse 14, it says, on that same day that they were that they were celebrating in the home of the eldest son, uh, where the entire family was rich, and it's it's obvious that they were very rich. It says in verse fourteen, a messenger came to Job and said, "The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabines attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one." who has escaped to tell you. So the Sabines were roving people of Arabia, probably located in pre near where present day Yemen is, which was about a hundred miles away from Job's place. And, uh, but uh, this was not unusual for the nomadic people to uh, come and, and do this. So they took or killed 500 oxen, 500 donkeys, all the servants that were tending to them, we don't know how many, and this single guy, a single servant escaped. 
And uh, now uh, we've, we, the Sabines are from the nation of Sheba. And if you remember, the queen of Sheba came and talked to Solomon in, in a later time. You know, the Job is set in a very, uh, in the time frame of Abraham and Isaac. They were probably contemporaries. So uh, uh, this happened a long time before Solomon, but uh, uh, we have heard about the Sheba before. So, and, and to some degree, you could, you could call this a terrorist attack. Today, that's what we would call it. Terrorists came and killed all the people and took all the goods and did all this and that and the other. So uh, uh, that was bad. That would have been bad in and of itself. But in verse 16, while he, he being Job, was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. So the fire from heaven, or the fire of Elohim, as it's called in some of the other translations, uh, it was probably lightning. I'm not sure the lightning strike has killed all, all of these uh, 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 7,000 sheep, it's said. It didn't say it in this verse, but they were believed to be 7,000 sheep. And all the servants were killed except for this one who has escaped to come, to come tell Job. So uh, uh, just after a terrorist attack on the same day, lightning has struck and, and, and killed these people and killed 7,000 sheep. Uh, now, it probably was not the lightning strike per se that killed all these people, but probably the aftermath, the fire and so forth, because this was during a dry season and the fire may have killed some of these people too, but never, uh, uh, no, that's not important. So another tragedy. First, he loses 500 oxen and 500 donkeys and not to diminish uh, uh, a whole lot of servants, so we don't know how many, only one escaped to a terrorist attack. And then he loses 7,000 sheep and servants, only one escapes to a lightning strike. So uh, uh, bad day, bad day. So in verse 17, it says, while he was still speaking, same day, I'm sure Job was at this point uh, not looking forward to more servants coming and telling him stuff. Another messenger came and said the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on our, your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword. In other words, they killed them. And I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. So this was a theft. Theft of, or maybe another terrorist attack. The Chaldeans were from over near Babylon. Uh, in the, uh, they were nomads from Mesopotamia. Uh, at the time of um, Daniel, and others, uh, Babylon was a great nation, but uh, uh, during this time, they were more of a nomadic people, similar to the uh, uh, those in Arabia, the she uh, the she people from the nation of Sheba. So, uh, uh, so they've stolen three thousand camels, uh, and actually, camels were identified as the most valuable animal animal a farmer could have in that nation at that time, because the camels could deal with the terrain, they could deal with the weather, the heat, the uh, lack of 
water and vegetation and so forth that some of the other animals could not. So the, the camels, and you see this is sort of escalating a little bit. So in verse 17, the third horrible thing has happened to Job and the day's not over. So in verse 18, he says, while he was still speaking, here comes another messenger and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the older brother's house because it was his birthday. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them and they are all dead. And I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. So if, if it hadn't escalated enough, it's escalated to the, to the nth degree now because Job has lost his entire, all of his children and their families. Uh, a very sad situation. So he's had a terrorist attack and lost oxen and donkeys and servants. He's had a lightning strike and lost sheep and servants. He's had a theft from the Chaldeans and lost 3,000 camels and servants. And there was uh, uh, this, this uh, terrible wind, probably a tornado, probably not a hurricane. They didn't, didn't seem to have hurricanes in this part of the country. And also it says it came from the desert. The winds in that part of the, air, uh, of the world are uh, very unpredictable, uh, can be quite strong and then, and then calm down. You remember Jesus on the Sea of Galilee when the, when the uh, winds came up from almost nothing to the point where they were fearful that they were gonna be swallowed up by, by uh, the waters. And, and so that's not uncommon in this part of the world. So he's lost his chin children, seven sons and three daughters because the house has collapsed upon them and they are dead. So bad day for Job. He has been, he was a rich man. He had, uh, and his entire family was a rich family and, and they had lots of possessions and so forth. Uh, and, uh, uh, of course, the devil, as we learned last week, the devil was doing all this. Uh, the devil was given the okay to do to do so by God. And uh, so the devil was doing all this in an attempt to have Job curse God and accuse him of being the person who had, uh, brought down all this destruction. Tells us, starting in verse 20, now in our lesson, at this... Job got up and tore his robe, a very traditional action, not only in that day, but an action that happens even today in that part of the country. It's said that when an Israeli soldier is uh, uh, killed and they have to go tell his family that, they, that he has been killed, that uh, uh, one of the things they often tell them to do is to put on uh, different clothes because the the traditional action is going to be to rent their clothes, tear their clothes off their body. And uh, so it's a sign of mourning. So Job got up and tore his robe, shaved his head, also a sign of mourning. Now, if you look at that, you would think that I'm probably constantly in mourning because uh, I don't have to shave my head. My head, I'm just naturally in mourning, I guess. Uh, so he shaved his head, both uh, symbols in that day, in that time, in that place uh, of mourning. 
And then he fell down to the ground. He prostrated himself on the ground in worship. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. So instead of accusing God, he has, he is praising God. He is praising God and looking backward and saying, look at all the things that God had given him. And now it's God's right to take it away. And uh, in the final verse in verse 22, it says, in all this, all things taken into account, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing or even questioning God here at this point. Now we could go forward and talk about the ramifications all that all about, about this because this is the action lesson today. This is where the action is occurring. And the whole rest of the book of Job is going to talk about the arguments, the post-game discussion, and so forth. Uh, but it's clear that uh, Job was a man of God. Job had his head on straight. And uh, uh, Job was uh, uh, recognized his place in the world. And, and, and uh, in, in this verse 20, he's uh, 21, I'm sorry, 21, he says, naked I came from my mother's womb, which we understand. We all came naked from our mother's womb. And naked I will depart. And uh, some say, well, how could that be? We don't, when we die, we don't go back to our, our mother's womb. Many people think that what they're talking about here is that it was the tradition of the day for there to be a family burial plot. And so the family over generations were put in the same burial place. So the body, if, if Job were to pass away, Job's body would be put in this grave and it would probably rest over the top of or where his mother's bones had been. And so that's what they think that they're talking about here, which uh, doesn't make sense to us in this day and time. However, this idea, the bigger idea in the book of Job, of what about unmerited suffering? I mean, if we go out and do something absolutely foolish and we suffer because of it, that makes sense. But if we didn't do anything uh, that, that to merit any of these, these things, why do we have unmerited suffering? And this is a very timely thing, I think, because, and I would not attempt to, to set this on the same magnitude as Job's issues, but we've all gone through a period of unmerited suffering in that we're uh, in the process of coming out of, I hope, the, this COVID issue. We've been in there for two years. We thought that things were going to get better and they didn't get better. They got a little worse. And then uh, now we hope they're getting better again. And I certainly hope that that's the case. But uh, why have we gone through all this suffering? And there's been a lot of suffering. I know that you've suffered. I know I have suffered. I certainly know that our church has suffered. God's church, the greater church of God, has suffered. And certainly Central Baptist Church has suffered. Our, our pastors have suffered. Our pastors have, have worked diligently to try to bring lessons, sermons, comfort, prayers, you name it, to our congregation. But I'm sure they felt inept and were challenged by the whole issue of dealing with the congregation during a period of COVID. And as I say, we hope that has come to an end. 
So while certainly not on the same magnitude as what Job has gone through, we have all been through and seen unprecedented worldwide, literally everybody in the world has suffered because of COVID. Unmerited suffering, mostly unmerited, I think. And, uh, uh, and, and people have suffered in various ways. For instance, I have not seen it, but I've heard that some of the people, some Asian people, particularly Chinese, have been abused because of people accusing them of being the, the ones that perpetrated all of this on us. And we've all suffered because I, I have never seen a period of time when people thought that they had a right to tell everybody else what they ought to be doing and saying and thinking and feeling and all this kind of other stuff. And a very depressing thing. And, and so we, and we read about a whole lot of depression that has come out of this uh, COVID stuff. And uh, I, I thank God for our pastors. I thank God for Central Baptist Church. I thank God for our fellowship that we have with one another and, and, and so forth. Um, but uh, I will not dwell deeper into the ifs, ands, and buts of this, of this particular, because I think that's what all the rest of the lessons <clears throat> that are to follow next week and weeks after uh, are, are going to do. I will say this. I will say that there are uh, two schools of thought. Neither one of them are right, I think, in my opinion. One is the prosperity gospel, which says that if you have a right relationship with God, all things are great. And to some degree, it's probably a misinterpretation of Romans 8.28, which says, uh, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You notice in there, it never said anything that these were going to be good things, happy things, things that we didn't dread. Uh, but we it does say that when something confronts us, that it is has a purpose for God. Uh, it may not be a wonderful thing, but uh, but I think that um, the prosperity gospel is is certainly wrong, uh, and Job proves that because Job was probably he was reputed to be the most prosperous man in the East. He was the richest man in the East, and uh, but yet he loved the Lord dearly, and we can see that in his actions in verses twenty through twenty two and how he reacted, how he responded to the, all these horrible things that happened to him in just one day. So, and then there's another uh, uh, school of thought, the, the poverty gospel, which says, if you, if you uh, are right with God, you probably are going to live your life in poverty because that's just the way things are. Well, that's not true either. Pretty clear that Job was right with God and he was a rich man. So, uh, uh, so I think that's not true either. So I think neither one of these schools of thought have any basis whatsoever. And I think Job, among other verses in the Bible, prove this, uh, uh, that this is, this is not true. So we all have suffered probably because of our own stupid ideas, stupid actions, stupid moves that we've made in our life. And we all have also probably suffered. And when we looked around and we said, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I, I'm sure that you have said that. I 
praise God, I have not had a lot, a huge amount of suffering in my life, but anybody that reaches my age, I'm 70 years old, has had dear loved ones who have died or people that they love who have suffered illness and uh, issues and poverty and all kinds of bad things happen to people. And, and so we've all dealt with that. But, and we've all dealt with, so, and so we've all dealt with probably suffering that we brought on ourselves. And we've all dealt with unmerited suffering as evidenced by COVID, I think. Uh, and with Job is a great example to us. If uh, uh, I doubt that the majority of us would react the way Job reacted here. And, and it doesn't say that Job went aside and thought about it for a while and decided this is what he was going to. Now, he may have, but it doesn't tell us that. All this happened in one day, and immediately at this, it says in verse 20, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head because he was mourning. He had just lost his entire family. I'd mourn too. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, I won't read it again. So uh, what an example Job is to us. I think the reason that the book of Job is in the Bible is to teach us this lesson, uh, tough lesson. So we'll look forward to next week and the week, many of the weeks following when we dissect all this and talk about people's reaction to and Job's reaction to and God's reaction to the whole thing and uh, understand more about Job. Um, that's all I have on today's lesson. I hope you learned something. I hope that uh, you can apply this in your life. Uh, let me close in prayer. Our Father God, we thank you for Job. We thank you for the lessons that you give us in Job. May we apply these lessons in our life. May we always look to you for guidance. May we always recognize that you are the God of this world. May we rejoice in the fact that you have told us that in another world that there will be no suffering because of your salvation that you offer freely to everyone. We thank you for Central Baptist Church. Help us to do and say those things that are necessary to further your work. May we be tools in your hands. We thank you for our pastors and our staff. We pray that you may bless them, that you may comfort them, particularly as we hope we are coming out of this time of COVID, we, uh, that they might be encouraged and that they might be uh, looking to you for how we, Increase your work at Central Baptist Church. We thank you for the various new pastors that you have sent to our church, uh, for we rejoice in this. Bless us as we lead our lives for you this week. Bless our families and uh, keep us safe. In Christ's name, we ask it all. Amen. Thank you.